so he talked about how it was before they came to Christ. Their understanding was darkened. They were alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And, and he talks about how the, the God of this world has blinded the, the uh, uh, unbeliever so that they can't see their need of Christ. So we need to pray for unbelievers that the blindness will be lifted off of them and they will see their need of the Lord. And of course, we know blindness has come in part onto the whole Jewish nation because there's, there's some believers among the Jews, but most of them are still blinded by uh, the uh, God of this world. And so he said, when you're walking in darkness, you, you can do all kinds of evil things and uh, being past feeling, which means that they don't even let their conscience uh, direct them anymore or bother them, uh, those that are not in Christ. Uh, and so they, they're able to do despicable things that they uh, probably wouldn't do if it wasn't for their conscience being seared or, or uh, causing them to do these evil things. We read about these mass murders and serial killers, and uh, you could just look in their faces. They don't have any kind of conscience toward them, to them, and uh, so. That's how they're able to do all these evil things. And lasciviousness is a big word that, that really means to go into deep, um, uh, deep, uh, what do I want there? Uh, depravity, there you go. And uh, they are able to do all kinds of evil things that way. And Gentiles practice a lifestyle of greed and self-indulgence, and they became callous in their hearts, just as you can get a callous on your hand, and then you're able to would resist pain that repeated misdeeds would be causing, or they, their heart was able to be callous. And so it's another way of saying they harden their hearts. And we know that uh, we have the example of uh, Pharaoh, how that he hardened his heart and uh, God had to deal with him. And it took a while before he finally realized that God is God. So he, he said, if, if you're doing these evil things, you'll not so learn Christ, because he didn't do those things. If so be, ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus because he is the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the process of putting off the old nature involves changing one's worldview by listening to the Holy Spirit and learning from his instruction. When Christians begin to see people the way that God sees them, they should begin to act selfishly and, and seek 
to do those things that please God. <coughs> I think that should be unselfishly. Uh, Paul continued his illustration by telling his readers they must put on the new spiritual clothing or the new nature. And so um, I know there's been a debate about whether we, we lost the old nature when we were converted or we still had to put up with the old nature. And unfortunately, as long as we're in this flesh suit, we do have to put up with the old nature. But that's another reason why we need to stay in the Word because the Word will help us have power over the old nature where it won't be ruling us. And so he said, you need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and therefore put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. <coughs> so the next part is in chapter 4 still, verse 25, through 5-2. Um, Brother uh, Truesdale, do you have that? Okay, becoming Ephesians 4, starting at verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man, every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be ye angry, sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good, that he may give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but let which, let that which is good to use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Uh, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption, that all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. All right. So that's the key there where he said walk in love, because if we walk in love, we will be able to um, overcome a lot of those things that he talked about there because if we really love God with all our heart, we're not going to want to sin against him. And if we love our neighbor as ourself, we won't want to harm them or to do hurt unto them. So uh, that is the key, all right. Uh, We know that some say, you know, under grace you can just do anything. But Paul didn't teach that. And uh, he hated even the thought of just going out and sin because you're under grace. He said, God forbid, as we pointed out last week, that he said there in Romans, the sixth chapter, shall we sin that grace may abound? God forbid. 
And so Paul didn't mind uh, itemizing what sin is and, and what we need to avoid as followers of Christ if we so learned him. And so he, he mentioned there about how that uh, sometimes you may be angry, all right, but don't just hold on to that anger. That's what he meant by not letting the sun go down upon the wrath. I uh, understand one couple didn't get to bed for a long time because they didn't want to go to bed angry, so <laughs> they went several days, I guess, without going to bed. But what he was saying was that you need to uh, not hold on to a grudge, you know, and let it become bitter in your heart. And so he said it's, it's, we do have to be angry sometimes, especially righteous anger, you know. Jesus was very angry with those that were selling doves and things in the temple there and, and cheating the people and, and making it a den of thieves when it should be the house of prayer. And uh, they knew he meant business when he picked up those scourge ropes and drove them out of the temple. But then right after that, he sat down and taught the people, you know. So he didn't let the anger just go uncontrolled. It was controlled anger. And uh, he, he mainly was angry with the uh, religious people that were uh, deceiving the people, you know. And, and uh, uh, if you read Matthew 23, it's just full of anger against the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He called them hypocrites. And uh, he, he kept saying that, woe unto you Pharisees and Sadducees, hypocrites, because you, you do what you tell others not to do. And, and uh, so he, he was very upset with the religious group more than the common people or the, the poor. He, he showed compassion unto them. But the religious people knew better because they knew the law. They knew what God had said. And uh, so he, he starts out there by saying one thing besides controlling anger is lying. Put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Again, in, the, in our culture, we just think it's all right to lie many times. And uh, especially if you watch these sitcoms on TV, you know, they, they're always lying and think it's funny, but it's not funny. God expects us to tell the truth. And uh, <coughs> so he said, put it away. Put away lying, but speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we're members of one another. So he said, especially in the body of Christ, we're members of one another, or because we're members of the body of Christ, and we should speak the truth to one another and not uh, be deceitful or lying. 
And he said, also don't give place to the devil. Someone said, if you give him an inch, you'll take a mile. And how true that is. We're not to give any place to the devil. <coughs> and uh, so he talks about lying, anger, and stealing, and our conversation from our mouth. He's, and how that he said, let no corrupt communication uh, proceed out of your mouth. But instead of corrupt communication, we should have praise and thanksgiving on our, in our mouth, you know. Uh, this is what the psalmist talks about, you know. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Or the prayer that uh, he prayed about, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. And uh, so he said, and also we should put away bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking, and and instead be kind one to another, tender-hearted, instead of hard-hearted, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, under the law, we're where Jesus ministered, because he was still under the law when he was here, he said, if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. But under grace, because God has forgiven us, we should forgive one another. So it's quite a different tune there about how that uh, if we don't forgive, God won't forgive us, under, and that's the way it was, under the law. But under grace, it's as Paul wrote, that we should forgive one another because God has forgiven us. He's already forgiven us for Christ's sake. All right, so we should follow and be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. And then we're told in 3 through 14, do you have that, Larry? Ephesians 5, 3 through 14. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now... You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when 
anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Five things forgiveness does not mean. <coughs> so we are out of time, I know. So uh, we'll have to go. But uh, these are good, practical things that Paul is telling us there in Ephesians 5. And uh, it, um, he warns against any kind of immorality, if you notice. And also to be careful about jokes we tell and things like that. We don't need to be telling what they call dirty jokes, you know. Uh, clean jokes are all right. And uh, uh, someone has said, if you don't think God has a sense of humor, just look in the mirror. <laughs> and so, you know, things like that, that, that kind of is funny and edifies. But... Uh, Some jokes are way foolish where we don't need to be telling those kind. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, for these practical uh, suggestions and advice that Paul has given us and to encourage us in our walk with you, Lord. And we pray that you will put a guard on our lips and, and help us in saying what you'd have us to say doing what you'd have us to do, being what you'd have us to be. And we thank you for being the service that will follow, anoint every part of it, and we praise you for victory on behalf of all these requests mentioned earlier. And we thank you that you love us so much, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll get to see my brother and son Tuesday, they're coming down to help celebrate my birthday. <laughs> cool. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be here. Yeah. Be seeing my mom.